Hello and welcome to episode 20. The big 2-0. The big 2-0. Welcome to episode 20 of That's What People Do. And this week uh, we are going to talk about another bad person. Uh, today is December 6th. Um, if James has uploaded these correctly. Which we hope you <laughs> have. Um, so yes, at the time of recording it is mid-November, but today as this episode goes out it is december 6th we are into the nice festive month of christmasy time december christmas. snow's coming no we're not going to do that christmas i can't help it <laughs> uh, the christmas songs are out the decorations are up in my place they will be by this point um and i'm really excited for christmas i love christmas and i can't wait to celebrate i every love year. christmas but i hate working christmas i hate working christmas I don't know why people expect you to do so. Um, I, 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 I can't think of anything worse. Oh, would you know what I want? I want, like, the 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th. I want all of that off. I mean, I'm going to really piss you off here and say I have all that off. My work just gives me that off. Brilliant. We close. Oh. And they, we close New Year's Day as well, which is fucking massive. Brilliant. What what I might do with my work now is go out to... I might do... I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to go into them and be like, right, here's a holiday form. I need that off. I think you'll be clutching there. Yeah, I'm pleasant to trying to get that, but we'll see. Surely Christmas Eve will be a earlier close. I don't know. I really don't know. I hope so. That'd be fine. You'd That'd assume, nice. wouldn't you? Anyway. Anywho. Um, this week, as we are getting into the festive spirit, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a man named Charles Davis Lawson. He sounds Christmassy. He's rather Christmassy. He's best known for the Lawson Family Massacre. Yep. The famous Christmas film. Famous Christmas film. And it is very, very festive. I shall tell you why in a second. So, Charles Davis Lawson, known as Charlie, was born in Lawsonville in North Carolina in 1886 to Augustus and Nancy Lawson. Now, not much is actually known about his early years, but we do know that in 1911, at the age of 25, he married a lady named Fanny Man, Fanny Manring. <laughs> All I heard was Fanny Man. <laughs> Her name is Fanny Manring. <laughs> it's not funny. No, it is. It, it is funny, but it's tragic oh, at the same time. Oh no, she's gonna die, isn't she? Her surname's Manring, though. Manring. Manring. Fanny Manring. Her parents need a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Manring, Mr. and Mrs. Manring, need to have a chat before they name their daughter Fanny. It's Fanny here. Fanny Manring. It sounds like something Bart would say to yeah, fucking Mo. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for fa- I'm looking for a Manring. Fanny Manring. Fanny Manring. <laughs> oh bless her! I know she's gonna get killed, isn't she? Yep. Oh. So fuck. he married her at the age of 25 in 1911. Okay. Nice. And they had their first child, Marie, in 1912, with Arthur following in 1913. Nice. William in 1914. Cool. William would not make it to seven, unfortunately. Oh, he uh, died. In 1920. Right. Uh, but that's not all of them. No, that's not all. He had... They then had Carrie. She came in 1917. Hello, Carrie. Mary Bell in 1922. Good to meet you. James in 1925. Hello. And Raymond, 1927. And lastly, Mary Lou in 1929. Well, Fanny Manring needs to sit down after all that. <laughs> Fanny's ring is not <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Fanny's Manring. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, right, so that's eight kids, okay? So Fanny is really pumping them out. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Fucking 26, man. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay, okay. Fanny's getting a lot of, lot of work. Cool. No, yeah, we're not... We're not. I don't know. Not to just take the mickey out of the victims here, but... Her name is Fanny Manring. The name is quite funny. Now, big families were common in this era, okay, due to such a high mortality rate among kids, with the odds of surviving past the age of five at only 67%. Jeez, that's not good odds. No. Uh, so the more kids you have, the more likely, you know, at least a couple will survive. Yeah. That was the thinking, okay? There's no health care or anything like that for elderly people. So if you have more children, uh, there's someone to look after you when you get really old and decrepit and you can't do out for yourself. Yep, yep. I get that completely. So big families uh, were common, but they were slightly on the decline with America as it was industrializing at that point. Um, but among... A lot of agricultural farm families, it was still quite common. Yeah, which is what these guys were. Yep. Now, in 1918, Charlie's brothers Marion and Elijah, uh, Elijah, 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 probably Elijah, yeah. Elijah, yeah. Marion and Elijah moved to Germantown. Well, it's actually Germanton, not Germantown. There's no W in it, but Germanton. They, they moved to Germanton, which, as you can probably imagine, there's quite a lot of Germans living there. Fucking well, they named that well, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they moved to Germantown in North Carolina, which is no, not too far from where they were in Lawson, uh, Lawson, Lawsonville. Sorry. Um, and Charlie followed them. Uh, he took his family with him, and uh, he worked as a sharecropper, which is where you rent a farm off the landowner and you work it for them, and then all the money you make, you give a percentage of that to the landowner themselves. Right. Okay. So the landowner just gets a load of money for doing. It's nothing. a landlord. Basically, a yeah. landlord. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, what happened was, eventually, uh, Charlie saved up enough money um, to buy his own farm near to where his brothers lived as well. Nice. So, they all kind of lived relatively near to each other. They were neighbours. And he cultivated tobacco. And after years of saving hard and hard and hard, he's got his own place. He's got his own uh, home uh, his own home on his own farm in 1927. Uh, and it was on Brook Cove Road. So, life seems to be going pretty well for the family. Good. Uh, their kids were doing rather well. Good. The farm was tidying them over. Love to hear it. Everything's running rather smoothly. Smash him. But Charlie did seem to have a bit of an aggressive side from time to time. Yeah. Now and then would come to blows with his eldest son, Arthur, who was a towering teenager. He was 16, right. but was often mistaken for being in his 20s. Right, okay. This big, dude big was... Lad. Bigger than his dad. Right. And like okay. muscles. Yeah. Um, apparently he was quite a nice guy. Oh, good. So, for the most part, they actually got on. And they actually would quite you know, frequently go hunting together. Nice. Uh, as little bonding as it, as it was good at the pastime. time. Yeah, good pastime. Yeah. Let's go hunting for food. Like, you know, we're farmers. Da, 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 yeah. Whatever. Uh, Charles was known as a hard worker. Relatively quiet, but well-liked in the community that okay. he lived in. So it all seems fine so far. All seems fine. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, shortly before Christmas in 1929, Charlie did something that was quite uncommon for a rural family not very well off. He saved up his money and he told his family he had a Christmas treat in store for them. Now, excited, they all jumped in the wagon and headed into town where he bought them all brand new clothes and paid for them to have their portraits taken. Oh. Yeah, which is, uh, you'll see it now, uh, you'll find it on our social media you see the picture of the family that was taken this day 
which I've shown James. That's the picture. It's a creepy ass picture. It's but a creepy then picture. all pictures during that time are. They are pretty much. I think it's because pictures took quite a long time. And you have to stand there. Yeah, so you have yeah. to stand there. And people got bored. And it's all black and white, and your eyes are like. All Although I don't think glazed. even in t- 1929 they they took that long. Maybe it was just cheaper. Yeah, maybe, maybe it matches. That's not a bad point. If it was a cheap photography place, and they're like, oh, camera. it's got an old camera. I can only afford that. It takes a little time, maybe yeah. even to five minutes. You're not going to smile for five minutes. Oh, yeah, you just stand there like, ugh. <laughs> uh, apparently, that was the thing. That's why like all like Victorian pictures and all that shit, everyone just was miserable as shit because yeah. pictures were not instant. Smiling's hard, man. It takes a lot of muscles. Apparently, it takes more muscles to smile than it does to frown. Exactly. Which is why I do it a lot. Which is why we should frown when we're happy. I like that. It's like jazz hands instead of clapping now. <laughs> That's a thing. I was like yeah. a university's band clapping. Yeah, I can't wait until... clapping sets off anxiety. You're at a football match and your team scores a 90th minute winner <laughs> and the 40,000 people just burst into jazz hands. Which is funny because like, you know you got that celebration where someone cups your ear like Hot Hogan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Let me hear those jazz hands. And all you can hear is... <laughs> <laughs> Absolute like, scenes. It's like Limbs coats in the way rustle and... on wrists. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> So, it's hard to know how the family felt at this time, okay? But I don't think it's too much of a leap to say that they were all really happy at this time, okay? Now, I know the picture doesn't look like it, but they've just, all of them had some nice new fancy clothes bought for them, probably for the first time in a little while. Yeah, for sure. They've got brand new clothes that are fresh, clean, fit them. That's their present from their dad. Yeah. And they're having their picture taken, which is quite uncommon for a family of them. What a day. What a day that is. It's coming up to Christmas. It's brilliant. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. Right? Um, so, it's now the 25th of December, 1929. Christmas. It's Christmas. So, yes, there is a Christmas element to this story. This is why I've brought up this story. It's the Christmas season. And we're going to get festive now, okay? We've had a really fun Christmas so far. We've got some new clothes. Yeah. We've had our pictures taken. That's what Christmas is about. And we will live on forever in that sort of sense, okay? So, it's cold. It snowed the night before. 17-year-old Marie, she wakes up early. She's the eldest daughter. It's Christmas Day, and she wants to bake a cake for the whole family to enjoy after their Christmas meal. Oh, what a nice thought. It's cute, huh? Yeah. Charlie... And his eldest son, Arthur, are up and out as well. Now, they've gone hunting together for rabbits, as was tradition for the locals in that time on Christmas Day. Right. So the sound of gunshots is completely normal around this town of Germantown, on Christmas Day in particular. Everyone's out for rabbits. Everyone goes out hunting for rabbits. Bad day to be a rabbit. Bad day to be a rabbit. Fanny is at home. Good. She's preparing the food for dinner that day. Fanny Manring. Fanny Manring's preparing our food for dinner for nice. that day. And all the young kids are playing. Right? What a nice day. That's a nice Christmas. It, you know, it sounds like a really nice little Christmas yeah. day. It's like dad goes out with son. They go yeah. hunting. They bring her back a rabbit. Maybe Fanny prepares it. Um, Someone's sh- baking a cake. Fanny strips the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> you could go on for hours with this. Good old Fanny. Right. Yeah, it sounds like everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone's having a great time. Yep. So Charlie and Arthur, they've finished hunting. The only reason why is Arthur is told they need more shotgun shells. Okay, right. so uh, Charlie sends him into town to buy some, and he does as he's told and leaves. Right. So my first thought is there's a gun shop open on Christmas Day. I imagine there was quite a few shops in the town still open that day. Because everyone needs make a, money. Everyone needs a gun on Christmas. America. I think well, it makes sense if like if it's a tradition tradition that everyone around that area yeah, hunts on that day. But then also, like, just open the day before and the day after. Like, right, Christmas Day, 
But if you want your shotgun shells, if you need your ammo, get it on the 24th and the 26th. Yeah, that's what I do. 25th is my day. I get all my shotgun shells on, the tw- on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that, uh, that is an efficient way of doing it. Yeah. You don't wake up Christmas morning, bang on their fucking ammunition store, no. and be like, why the fuck are you not open your twat? Because on Christmas morning, I like to know that my shotgun shells are there, ready to go. You can't even shoot the, the place open, because you've got no shells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> America. America. Now, as he makes it back to his farm... This is Charlie, by the way. Charlie. As Charlie okay. makes it back to the farm, because his son's gone off to town to go get some shotgun shells, there's not yep. much more he can do, so he's just going to head home. All yep. right, I'll meet you at home, Arthur. Yep. All right. As he makes his way home, for some reason, Charlie hides in the tobacco barn that they have. So, obviously, they're tobacco farmers. They cultivate yep. it. They stick it in the barn. That's what's going to sit so it, you know, it's out of the cold yep. and the wet. He hides in the tobacco barn and waits for his two daughters, Carrie, who's 12, and Maribel, who is 7. Now, they've been getting themselves ready in their new dresses that Charlie bought them a couple of weeks before. They were going to head to their uncle's house, but they never made it. Charlie shot them both with his 12-gauge shotgun. They're 12 and 7. You're so unprovoked. In their brand new little dresses. So it was like he was waiting for them to get dressed. I was waiting for him somewhere. He what, what? Right, okay. So he shot them both with his 12-gauge shotgun, killing them both. But to make sure they were dead, he bludgeoned them and then laid their bodies out in the tobacco barn and crossed their arms over their chests as if laying them to rest before placing a rock under their heads like a pillow. Something snapped with this gentleman. Something snapped. Hour. Yeah. Charlie then continues to make his way to the house where he sees his wife, Fanny, sitting out on the porch, probably taking a break from the cooking and pre- uh, preparing. The gunshots, they don't bother her, as, you know, it was common yeah. for gunshots to be heard on Christmas rabbits. Day as yeah. everyone's hunting rabbits, all right? So they didn't bother her. Little did she know that what she had heard was, you know, her own children being hunted that yeah. day. Fucking hell. Now, as Charlie comes close, he lifts his shotgun and he shoots Fanny, killing her on the porch. Now, this time, the shot did spook the children inside. Mary, oh, Marie, the eldest at 17, she screams at the sound and it spooks the two younger boys, James, who is four, and Raymond, who is two, Mm -hmm. and they run and go hide. Charlie comes into the house and shoots and kills his daughter, Marie. Right. The Christmas cake she made for the family was still sitting on the side and it was finished. Charlie moved on to the two boys who found them hiding and he shot them both dead. And finally, he made his way to Mary Lou, who was five months old. And she was, as I say, the youngest member of the family to be killed by her father. And the autopsy showed that she was bludgeoned in her cot by Charlie as she had a cracked skull. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Charlie gathered up the bodies in the house and he crossed all their arms over and their, over their chests and then laid pillows or rocks, if you didn't have enough, under their heads. And then he left the house into the woods. So the other son's still alive? Arthur is still alive. Getting the oldest son is shells. 16. Yeah. Yep. He's, is he the big one as well? He's the big one. So he's like the boss. So yeah, there's, a, bit, the, there's, there's a theory about this. There's a boss fight coming up. <clears throat> a boss fight. It's like when you when you when you're going out to a boss fight, you're like, "There's so much ammo around here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it is it Lord of the, is a Lord of the Rings meme? And it was like, uh, oh, I don't know. It's like um, it's just like loads of ammo and health everywhere. And it was like, 
something's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there so much stuff here? Now, Charlie's brother, this, this, this bit, I wrote it like this, but I'll talk in a minute. Okay. Charlie's brother had been out hunting that morning as well, and he decided to stop by the family house and wish them all a Merry Christmas when he discovered the bodies. Right. Arthur arrived at his home to see the massacre that had just taken place. Now, this is the bit I was going to get on. Some stories say it was Charlie's brother that came home, found him, raised the alarm. The police then found Arthur in the town, brought him back home. Right. Another story says that it was Arthur that came home from the town, found the bodies, and then raised the alarm. So right, we don't okay. really know which one was which. Okay. Um, so I've sort of said both yeah, fair. in this sense. Um, now... I can't even begin to imagine what it must have been like for him to come back to the house and see his whole family just murdered, murdered on Christmas Day. so coldly when you literally saw them a matter of hours ago. Yeah, like imagine that. Like you've just like it, yeah, God forbid, it don't happen. Yeah. but it's like you left your house this morning yeah. to come here. Yeah, imagine you coming home tonight and everyone's dead. Everyone dead. Everyone did. Everyone did. Yeah, it would be a shock to the system for sure. Oh, God, yeah. So, we don't know why Charlie sent Arthur into town, because he clearly had enough shotgun shells. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Maybe you knew that Arthur would be able to overpower him. Nah, that's the theory he got there. So, he's gone, we need more shotgun shells. Okay, Charlie has shotgun shells. So, he sent his son on purpose into town... To get out of the way? Yeah. Is, is Why he did he send the son there? Maybe the son was the only person who, maybe himself also had a gun, was the only person who could have stopped him. Well, yeah, there's that. Or maybe he was the one that he liked. Maybe. I don't know. But it seems that Arthur is taller than him, yeah. bigger than him. Yeah, and also had a gun. And also had a gun, probably. Yeah. It's. It, I, I, he's, he's not going to let his dad fucking do it. But then yeah. also... He could have killed his son at any point. You could just have mice and mended him. He could, he could, literally, he could have mice and mended him. He could have shot him in the back of the head yeah. at any point when they went out hunting, but he didn't kill him for yeah. whatever reason. So what was it that made him think, I don't want to kill my son Arthur, but I will kill everyone else? Yeah. I mean, my, I'm wondering why the fuck he wanted to kill his family. But Well, so this is, we'll get on to this. So after a couple of hours at the crime scene, the police, locals who turned up, and Arthur heard a single gunshot in the woods. Right. When they followed the noise, they found Charlie dead with a single gunshot to the head. He killed himself. He killed himself. But what they did also notice that there were footprints on the floor that went back and forth around a tree, suggesting that Charlie had been pacing up and down, either contemplating what he had just done or considering taking his own life or both. Right, fair, okay. So that's something we find really interesting. And I've never, when I read this, I was like, I've never, I've never come across that, like, or read that, or you know, heard any stories suggest that there were. He'd been pacing before. Like, we know that that's something he did before he killed himself. Yeah. He'd been pacing up and down. Yeah. Which is so bizarre because what was he thinking then? Yeah. What goes through your head after you've murdered your family? What went through his head? I don't. Mm. No one knows. No. Nobody knows what was going through his head when he did it. But something was like, and then he went killed himself. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Now, he did have two letters on his person. Right. Which is always good. We, yeah. got, we like letters because it gives us a sense of a clue. Yeah. what he was thinking, okay? So, he had two letters on his person, but both were incomplete, okay? Not giving us any reference to base why he did what he did, okay? So, one letter said, blame no one but I. 
That was it. Right. And the other one said, trouble will cause. That's less obvious. That's, that's, you gave us nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Not a hint of why. No. Not a motive at all. Um, Arthur had said about his father to the reporters at the time that his father has always been kind to all members of the family. Mm. So this seems completely out of left field. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. So it seems even he had no idea why his dad switched. All the family members, including Charlie, were actually buried together, where it said, when the leaves fall in autumn, they never land on the grave of Charlie Lawson. Oh, right. Is that like a little wives' tale or whatever? Yeah, it's like a yeah. little local thing. They yeah. say, oh, when the leaves fall in fall. Why yeah. Why did America, why do you call autumn fall? And just looked at the tree and go, the leaves are falling. Ah, fall. It's a great meme. It's a great <laughs> meme. And it's like, the English get autumn from like, the French it's like autumnal autumn which yeah. means like fall or something which derives like from like Latin as well yeah and then Americans it's like the leaves are falling off the trees <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> so Arthur went on to marry himself he had four children nice unfortunately he didn't live long he died in 1945 in a motor car accident but okay he got killed just as the World War 2 ended not yeah, by World War 2 as it was ending yeah uh, the house on the farm became a tourist hotspot Fucks. Oh, right, okay. But guess who owned it? The brother. Did he? His own brother, Marion, made the house of the dying, where his brother murdered his family, a tourist hotspot, a museum. A dark museum for everyone to come and have a look, and he made money out of it. Cash in on your family dying. He cashed in on his own brother's murder-suicide. Fuck me, okay. Weird, isn't it? Marion opened it up as a morbid museum, all right? The house was left almost exactly as it was when the massacre happened. There was even still the bloodstains on the floorboards. What about the Christmas cake? Well, the Christmas cake was left there, all right? The cake that Marie had made was still on the side. But for some odd reason, it uh, was not put in any container. Mm. So it was just out there in the air, left there. I don't know why it didn't go properly mouldy. Now, what happened was loads of tourists kept picking the raisins out the cake to take a bit out of, with them. That was what they wanted. They kept taking pieces. That's the cake. That's so That's, weird. And they'd like pinch a raisin out of it and to right. put it in their pocket and then I've got a piece of the cake that Marie made before she was killed. Right. The cake what, that they never got to eat. I mean, that's pretty fucked up anyway. Yeah. So that kept happening to the point where the cake was like, this is not looking like a cake anymore. Yeah. So uh, Marion put a cover over it so everyone can look at it but yeah. you can't touch it, yeah. right? So that was, <laughs> that was how they did that, okay? Um, Eventually, uh, Marion himself, he died, and the house was bought by new owners, but they weren't keen on the whole morbid museum thing still being a, a thing, right? So they threw the cake out in the woods, and no one's ever, you know, no one knew where it went after that. It just disappeared. Uh, uh, and eventually, over time, the house fell into disrepute, and it was de- demolished. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, theory time. Like I said, we don't know why Charlie murdered his family, but there are a couple of theories out there. Okay, so in 1990, a book was published about the massacre with a cousin of the children who were murdered telling a supposed family secret that had been kept for 60 years at that point. Mm. Right. So this cousin, her name was Stella Lawson Bowles. She told how she had overheard her mother and another Lawson family member talking about how Fanny had confided in them 
that Charlie had been having an incestuous relationship with his oldest daughter, Marie, and that she was pregnant with his child. So, to keep the story from getting out, he killed the family and himself. Right, okay. Well, yeah, okay, I can so, see that. Fanny says apparently that she knew about this eventually. She she knew about the incestuous relationship. Yeah. She knew that he that that uh, the daughter was pregnant, and yeah. that's why he went berserk. Right. But it's like, why wait till Christmas Day? Yeah. Why do all this sort of stuff? Like, what? It seems bizarre. Like, why did he go out hunting in the morning? Why didn't he just do it in the morning? Like, but then I suppose his point was to get Arthur out of the way. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Another theory is that Charlie has sustained a head injury just months before the murders, which changed his state of mind. But an autopsy on his brain had showed that nothing unusual um, had actually happened on his brain. There was nothing unusual about his brain. But then to say that, doctors at that time are not doctors nowadays. So what we might get now from his brain is something very different to what they would have got then. Because let's be realistic... They didn't have MRI machines or anything like that. No. They couldn't actively look at the brain. They probably just cracked his skull open, looked at his brain and went, that looks like a brain to me. That's, yeah. Nah, there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah, for sure. Maybe he did have a switch. Maybe. You know? And um, so, yeah, either way, we will never know why he massacred his family that Christmas morning in 1929. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Oh, for, for me, listen to that. It seems like he went out and he wanted like a last portrait with his family. And the way he laid them to rest with like their arms, it was clearly like some sort of funeral thing, and he wanted them in nice clothes, so he bought them new clothes. Yeah. So this is clearly predetermined. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, he's not just decided that day I'm going to do it. No, it's He must have it. thought about it beforehand, because that's, that's why he's bought them clothes. He bought them funeral clothes, essentially, because yeah. they were all buried in those clothes that he bought them in. Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's strange, isn't it? It's, why did he leave the son alive as well? Yeah. I I, I like the idea that he he needed him out of the way because he knew he was the only person that could stop him. Yeah. He's the only person that would have been able to pop a fight. Yeah. It's interesting. Or maybe he wanted his family line to actually continue. So bizarre. It's strange. Uh, I love unsolved murder mysteries. Mm. And that is, and it probably forever will be actually because there was yeah, no motive. He never left any letters. No one knew really much about yeah, once it's done, it's done, his ideas or anything like that. Even the son was like, no, he was really nice to everyone. Yeah. Seems. He was, he was quite a genuine nice guy. People can switch, man. That's bizarre. Strange. Murder. Merry Christmas. Murder. It's been a murder. So, yeah, that was Charlie Lawson and the Lawson Family Massacre. Hmm. So, I hope you all enjoyed that one. That was um, it's a nice short one. Yeah. Nice Christmassy themed nice one. Nice Christmassy one. Nice Christmas cake. Um, next week, we are getting more Christmassy. We're getting more Christmassy and we're getting nice Christmas. Yeah, we're getting nice Christmas. We're getting nice Christmas. Um. We're going to be talking about the ceasefire during World War One on Christmas Day. I love that story. It's a really nice story. Um, so, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode, as morbid as it was. Yeah, confusing as it was. If as well. you have for yourself any theories, honestly, do send them our way because I'm genuinely interested to hear yeah. what you think he might have been up to. So, if you do have any theories, um, do send them to us. Get in contact with us. Uh, you can tweet us at that's WPD. Hit us on Instagram. That's what people do. Podcast, Facebook. That's what people do, and you can always send us an email. That's what people do. Podcast at gmail dot com. So yeah, do get in contact with us. We do like hearing from you. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, we will see you next week. See you next week. Ta-ra.